Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us from preschool to teen. This is the show where we help you feel better about the mom you are and share our own parenting tips and personal stories. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 138 of The Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis, here as always with Sarah Powers. How are you doing, Sarah? I'm great, Megan. How are you? How's the weather where you are? It's beautiful. I'm sorry really? it's snowed in. <laughs> it's so snowy here. As of this recording, which you know is a couple weeks before we're going to air, it has been snowing for like 15 straight days. I don't even know what to do anymore. It it's is ridiculous. I can't even... It's beautiful. I really can't complain. It is so pretty to look at, and it hasn't been bitter cold. It's cold, but like not bitter. So... It's enjoyable, I guess. Yeah. But I'm really tired of shoveling and yeah, I'm really and tired of winter, wiping my car There's off. kind of a lot of winter left, so I just hope yeah. that you guys get a little break. Before. I think this is going to be like a polar vortex type of situation for the next few months. So oh I'm just buckling gosh. in. Just, just, uh, you know what though? Let's talk about being a happier mom. Right. Because that will make me, <laughs> we <have laughs> that will help me shift some... my perspective. Um, <laughs> this is a part two of the episode that we had last week, which was the 10 habits of mostly happy moms. And we're just talking about the things that we have found that have helped us be happier in our lives as moms. Things often that we didn't discover till we'd been at this for a while. So we're hoping to give some of you guys kind of like a, I don't know, a jump a start or like a head, a head start. start. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you don't really start to notice these patterns until you're a little bit away from at least the, the years in the trenches. So yeah, last week we did, we gave you five of our 10 habits of happy moms. Um, if you missed it, don't worry about it. Keep right on listening. They're not in any chronological order, although we do hope you'll go back and listen so you can get all 10. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. 
So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one, too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day, and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say, what a parenting win. (laughs) And I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour5050 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the Forever Chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. All right, so Megan, you going to kick us off? I am. I'm going first this week. Well, this one I love because it's very similar, actually, to your very first one last week, which Mm -hmm. was um, kind of about embracing uh, the child that you actually have instead of the one you thought you might get or like the kid you were. And so my um, first habit of Mostly Happy Moms this week is to embrace the mom you are and not the mom you wish you were. And we all know how it is to have that fantasy mom. I know in my, I've talked about this before, like I had this idea that I was going to be this like earth mother wearing long dresses and like skipping through fields and doing (laughs) crafts and art and all this stuff that really was just a very romanticized idea of what it would be to be a mom, I think. And Mm -hmm. it really didn't fit anything about my personality. Um, I don't wear long dresses. I <laughs> very rarely skip through fields. I don't do art. I like business. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, just certain things about me that just, I don't have the patience I thought I would have. There's just a lot of things about me that this just aren't that to be myself. I can't be that, that yeah. sort of fantasy mom. And had I tried, had I beat myself up about not being that, that mom or had I, um, had I really tried too hard, Mm -hmm. I think I would have just been setting myself up for so much frustration and Mm -hmm. also kind of like a not very authentic life. Like you start to kind of feel like you're playing a part. And I, I remember times in my life when I started bordering on that, like feeling Mm -hmm. like I was in a movie about somebody else and that's not a good feeling. So I don't know, just like you, you are made up of awesome qualities 
no matter what those qualities are and all yeah. of them bring value to parenting and yeah. um and you don't have to be that person because you've got other people in your life who can be that that person totally. too. We've talked about that before yeah. on the show too. Um, this is such a good one. And I think when you are a brand new mom, it's easy to think that the the skills and the things that drove you pre-kids are somehow irrelevant because now you've got this whole new gig. But actually, right. wouldn't you agree that like the things that made you you pre-kids can all be assets in your parenting? It just takes a little bit, a little while, like say, for example, if you were really organized and schedule driven, like right. one of us, um, that made me a really good project manager in my work. It made me a good student. I can use those strengths in motherhood. Now, do they come with some drawbacks? For sure. I am not going to be like the drop everything and craft mom or right. like the free spirit mom, but I can use the things that make me me in my mothering. So I just think that that takes a while. It does. It, it takes a while to figure out how those two things jive. And that can also cause some frustration. So I definitely don't want to make it seem like you're going to be the exact same person when you have a baby that right. you were before a baby. You're going to change. You're mm-hmm. going to change for the better and you should let yourself change. Um, but <laughs> at the same time, embracing the things that were super important to you and figuring out a way to make them fit this very new reality, uh, I think is really important. And also keep in mind that whatever phase you're in right now will not last. So right. whatever phase you're in right now that makes it impossible to be the reader you were or yeah. the, you know, super organized person you were or whatever it is, you will get back to that. You will yeah. be, there will be a time in your life in however, you know, depending on how many kids you have an X number of years, you'll look back and say, Oh, now I'm all those things I was, I've just let some of the things that didn't matter that much go. And I'm even better at some of these other yeah. things. Like you become this almost like, superhuman version of some yeah. of the things that you used to be good at because you get even better at them. So yeah, it's like giving yourself a little grace and allowing yourself to change, but also being okay with being fundamentally, like fundamentally who you always were and not yeah. trying to be something you're not. I'm, and that can be really tough. I'm curious. Do you, do you remember like a moment or a phase where you kind of let that go, where you realized like, I am totally trying to be something that I'm not, and I'm just going to be who I am. Or was it more gradual? I think it was more gradual, but I will say that um, with my third kid is when I started to learn a lot of these lessons. And that was really when I let go of so much out of necessity. The third mm-hmm. was the one that kind of did me in. And it was like, if I don't throw out my hands and surrender to a lot of things here and some things out of my control, some things in my control, if I don't throw up my hands and just allow this to be my reality, I'm really I'm going to sink, you right. know, like there's that feeling of like, this is sink or swim and you can do that for, you can just kind of tread water or stay above the waves for a while. But right. if you don't roll over on your back and float <laughs> at some point, you're just like, you go down like a stone. I don't, that analogy was terrible, but you know what I mean? Like <laughs> there comes a, a point where fighting doesn't help yeah. you anymore and you just got to kind of like go with it. Yeah. So I, I really think my biggest moment was maybe when William was three or four months old, but it had been, I had been yeah. getting there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and social media does make it harder now, right? Cause we see moms yep. online that it feels very aspirational to want to look like that or be like that or have kids who look like that. Yeah. So this is not easy guys. We, we know that. Um, but I love that. one. And really nobody one. can do all of it. Like nobody is good at everything. Right. So right. <laughs> you're seeing a very curated version of people's lives. Yeah. And there's also probably people looking at you wishing they were that kind of mom. Cause I, yeah, I, I mean, exactly. that's, it's just true. You put 10 moms in a room. None of them are alike. None of them are strong in the same areas and all of them are probably <laughs> 
wishing they had some of the qualities of the other moms. Yeah, so. we should link to I feel like we had an episode or maybe it was a blog post where we talked about mom superpowers. Yeah. And an sometimes episode. yeah, yeah. And sometimes they're just like really there's sometimes things you don't even recognize about yourself as as assets mm-hmm. or as skills and strengths that are important. And I think yeah. it's really important to celebrate those things. So totally. We will link yeah. to that. Yeah, we did that. Um, okay, so my turn. So my next habit is that happy moms build happy rituals into the long days and weeks. Yeah. Now, we very recently did a couple of episodes on rituals and routines, so I won't rehash that. I will link up. But what I notice about really happy moms, grounded moms, it's not that they don't get stressed out or don't have busy lives, but who are fundamentally happy is that they build in things to look forward to as a family or really with just for themselves and they build them in regularly so that you're not waiting for that girl's trip that's like 18 months away (laughs) to let loose. You're finding, and there's so many ways to do this and we talked in our episodes about rituals, about little things like listening to your favorite music, um, you know, making time for feel-good entertainment. I I feel like I'm beating the drum on like mindless social media use, but I think it's because I am being more mindful. It's a drum worth beating. I think. But like seeking out really feel good entertainment. And I mean, if that's the real housewives for you, then more power to you, like no judgment, but doing it intentionally. One of our very first episodes was about that, like giving yourself a media diet that makes you feel good. And I think that media can be part of those rituals. It's a favorite TV show. It's a movie date night once a week. So building those rituals for you, for you and your partner and for the whole family into these sort of long days and long weeks is just, it is so fundamental to having something to look forward to because sometimes the long days and weeks are snowy and boring. They really can be. And I totally agree. It is just thinking about, um, it, again, it's like the intentionality. We haven't talked about the intentionality yet in this episode, but we kind of realized last week so much of what we were talking about was just like taking that moment to think about what you really want and yes. what would make you happy in any given moment. And yeah. another thing I just realized, Sarah, is that we haven't really, this is going to sound silly, I think, but like <laughs> we haven't defined what it is to be a happy mom. No. And I think when you're in the, the dregs and like everything is hard, yeah, it can be maybe being happy is seems like this goal that you can't reach or maybe you have this idea in your head of what it would be to be happy and i think for me i'm just going to define it for myself yeah um you know you mentioned like being grounded Mm -hmm. and you know knowing that there's stress and knowing that things are going to be hard and sometimes you're going to be really unhappy but it's brief you know Mm -hmm. and for me that's always been the definition is that i feel like i can weather or ride anything out because i have the reserves Mm -hmm. like i've built the reserves and groundedness to do that and to me that's the definition of being happy i I love that yeah it's not like running around with a big silly grin on my face all the time (laughs) well i i probably told this story on the podcast before but i remember after having my third baby who was my hardest baby just having this very strange kind of split personality feeling where I was fundamentally actually really happy. I was so happy to have three kids. That's what I had wanted. I was starting to work a little bit, but not too much. I had a really good like work and mother mothering balance. I was so freaking tired and stressed out. And I was like, I was even surface level grumpy a lot, actually, because I had no sleep and I had three right. little tiny kids. And I, I even remember saying to Brian, like, it's so weird because I'm like, 
at the macro level, I'm really happy. My kids are healthy. Right. Like, but on the at the day-to-day micro level, I feel super stressed. And so maybe that's another way to think about it. And grounded is one word. And like you said, feeling like you can weather the storms because you have the support system, you have the reserves, and your life is set up mostly how you want it for the most right. part. So I yeah, think that's another good that way big, to think it's about that it. Big, yeah, it's the big picture of being able to look at things and say, okay, life, like I realize right now things aren't perfect. <laughs> right. However, I also know that I have what I need. Yeah. Um, I can weather the storm, whatever it is. Like that perspective of knowing this too shall pass. And I think, you know, working really intentionally on setting up a life that you maybe don't love all the time, but overall love is like the first step. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, these little rituals and bigger rituals and things to look forward to is a piece of that. Um, yeah, I, re- I really, I really believe it. And there's no, you can do that at any stage of motherhood. You can yeah. build a hot shower into your Friday night, even when you have, you know, newborn twins. So yep. it's, it's a, it's a practice and a habit and it, you don't have to wait to start doing that for yourself. So that's um, so true. Okay. So I think it's your turn. It is my turn. Okay. So uh, my next habit is happy moms balance consistency with flexibility. Ooh, I like that. So yes, I remember when I was a younger mom, there was so much emphasis on being consistent, 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 consistent. Like if you set a rule, you need to like follow through with that rule until your kids are 25 years old. (laughs) And if you don't, then the whole thing is just out the window and you may as well never have done it. There's, there can be sometimes this very like all or nothing feeling. Mm Mm-hmm you know, like everything is so fraught. And if you don't do it right every single time, it's like it didn't count. Yep. And again, like going back to taking that long road and that long view and the big picture, um, I do think consistency is important when you're trying to do something like, uh, let's say train a, a baby to sleep a new way or, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, potty training is another good example. Or when you're trying to establish habits, I think mm-hmm. consistency is important. However, flexibility is just as important because it allows you to break your own rules because you're a grown up and you can do that. So it gives you some more power. And sometimes I feel like kids feel like they have no power, but moms often feel like we have no power. We don't have control over anything in our lives. Everything is suddenly very out of control. And just knowing that ultimately the buck stops here. Ultimately I get to decide if I, you know, want to relax a rule and let my kids have ice cream before dinner or whatever it is. Um, That's on me. I get to make that choice. And I will say the more sparingly I break my own rules, the better I feel about them. Yes. Like if I'm always doing it, then I just feel out of control and nothing feels good. But if I do it every now and then, it's like this little moment of like adult rebellion where you're like, ha I get to do that. And I'm in control and I'm in charge. And and I think it allows your kids to kind of see a different side of you as well um, when you just balance those two things correctly. And I I don't, it looks different for everybody. I totally agree. And you are definitely like, um, a great role model in this way for me because I tend toward the more controlling, consistent. But I also have one child who really struggles with flexibility, which I probably okay. did to him <laughs> because I am so, you know, structured. And yeah. um, I myself, kids, the you know, the research goes that kids feel safe and secure when they know what to expect. And that's all well and good. But kids also, flexibility is not an easy muscle to flex for all kids. Right. And some, you know, little kids get very 
tied to their routine and things being a certain way. And flexibility is a great skill to have. So it's not only, you know, allows you to cut loose once in a while or break the rules, but it's also, I think, really important for our kids to know that not everything happens the same way every time. We can change right. up the routine. And, and that is really a gift to give your kids. So I just echo that. And I think you said it so well, just the balance between consistency and flexibility. And like you said, it's not flexibility if you're willy-nilly all the time. It's only flexibility right. if, if there's sort of a baseline structure that you get to play with. And yeah, and I just want to point out that for me, you know, you tend toward more being consistent and I tend toward wanting to be more flexible. And so I think the balance is really the important word here. If you find yourself being the one who wants to relax the rules all the time, after a while, that will seem very unsatisfying. Right, right. And you kind of crave the crave the consistency. We're at that right. January time of year where I think everybody, everyone who wants to get back to the more consistency and more structure. And then, right. you know, there's other seasons where more flexibility, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, I think seeking that balance is an awesome one. So we are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest. I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day and it could seriously use a refresh, but you know, what's good to go. My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately, the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather. But please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your Uptown Loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede, and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. Bionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya Vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves, so they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's Chewable Kids Vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. So here's 
my next one. Happy moms set boundaries early and often. So this is, Mm. uh, maybe it sounds a little negative if we're talking about happiness, but I don't think so. Um, Actually, everything we've talked about so far in these two episodes, a lot of it has to do with identifying boundaries and setting boundaries for yourself. But this is something that, again, gets easier with time. To me, what setting a boundary means is realizing in advance what I want, like you were talking about earlier, Megan, kind of that intentional thinking about what do I want, what makes me happy, what do my kids need, what does my family need, and then putting the pieces in place so that you're not being taken advantage of, either by people or by time or by bad habits. Um, So a boundary could be as simple as, you know, a bedtime for your children because you enjoy the evening, you know, in front of the TV. And so that boundary is that your kids go to bed early and you stick to that boundary. A boundary can be with relationships and friendships and, you know, maybe letting certain friendships cool for a while because you're feeling stretched too thin, like your phone's going off all the time or you're overcommitted. So I think boundaries is, you know, it's kind of like a whatever it's a catch-all phrase but it it, is it's a little bit of a pop psychology word word, but it's helpful in thinking about happiness if happiness is something we want to cultivate and preserve the boundaries are the bumpers we put in place so that we're not encroached upon so I guess it's it's a little loosey-goosey but it is but I also want to I want to just make sure that um that we mentioned that boundaries has this like feeling like it's a fence that keeps things out. Right. But I would argue that it's also can be preserving things that you want to keep mm-hmm. in. Yes. yes. Um, so like for me and now my life is insano right now. So <laughs> I have like three jobs. Um, there's, you know, kids are going back and forth between their dad and me. Like there's just a lot going on. Yeah. And I like to stay busy. So it's very tempting for me to fill all of my empty time with stuff. Mm -hmm. And so one thing that I have done is basically on my calendar, like Monday nights are a no-go. Like Mm -hmm. there's nothing scheduled on Monday nights unless I choose to do it with the kids. Like that's Mm -hmm. really like a, a very sacred family time for me. Because when I look at my calendar for the week, if I don't see at least one evening that I just don't have to do anything, I start Mm -hmm. to feel panicky and unhappy. So that's something where you could look at that as a boundary, keeping other things out, but you could also look at it as as like a protective like bubble around like a, you know, a four hour period of time. It's not much, but sometimes it like, it doesn't have to be a lot to matter. It doesn't have to be a big chunk of time. It doesn't have to be like a whole week vacation or something. Sometimes just having those things that you, you draw those lines around um, can just be really comforting. Yeah. So it's comforting to me. I totally agree. And actually, some of the thinking I've done about boundaries comes best from when I'm not very happy. And maybe that's starting from a place of negativity. But if you're in a phase where you are not feeling happy a lot of the time, that's probably a good opportunity to think about the opportunities for change and what boundaries could be put in place. And again, it's not, doesn't all have to be less of this and none of that. And I've got to have a sit down conversation with this person and set boundaries. It doesn't have to be so formal, but um, if you're in an unhappy phase, what would need to change and what boundaries could be put in place to, to make room, like you said, Megan, for more happiness. So I think boundaries, I mean, we, we know with our little kids, a boundary is setting a limit that you stick to most of the time, except when we're flexible. Right. um, Setting boundaries with our kids is everything as simple as not letting them go outside barefoot in the snow to, you know, having values around how you speak to each other as a family. And so not letting them throw granola bar wrappers on the floor. That's a big one. That's a boundary or or throw pillows. You do not like (laughs) throw pillows. No, I do not like throw pillows on the floor. (laughs) No, my gosh. Just thinking about that is making me feel a little itchy. Yeah. yeah. Um, So all it it applies across the board. Um, Like when we were talking about asking for help, it's kind of 
the same. There are boundaries we set with our time and our calendar and our values outside, but there's also little boundaries we set with our very little kids um, yeah. every day. And so learn practicing setting boundaries, practicing identifying when you need to set boundaries, I think just like you said, I like the way you put it, just sort of makes room for that happiness that is yeah. there. And and also, you know, we talked a little bit in one of the one of the habits we talked about in this episode about how out of control things can feel and how mm-hmm. you don't feel like you have a lot of power. And I think that, you know, you get to decide what those boundaries are and what matters to someone else might not matter to you. Right. And what matters to you might not matter to anybody else. But guess what? It's your life. Yeah. <laughs> you're the mom. You get to decide what is important and yeah. which boundaries you're going to bother to set. And that's I think that can also just like in a la- in a world where nothing makes sense <laughs> as like a, a movie guy, yeah. movie trailer guy might say. It's nice to just have something that you decide. Yeah. And I want to use the same example you used with teaching a kid to take out the trash, which is sometimes setting some boundaries is a little uncomfortable or takes a little bit more time than you'd like in the beginning. Um, But the freedom you get after is worth it. So this is just a really silly example, but I do not like junk email. Like I don't like getting emails from Old Navy and Bed Bath & Beyond and nothing against those two stores. However, I do sometimes use the coupon codes that come in. So I, every couple months, go into Gmail and set up filters which are literally like boundaries to my inbox. Right. So that those emails, they don't, I don't unsubscribe. They just go directly to a folder and I only check it. I don't ever see it except if I'm shopping and looking for a coupon code. And it makes me, it's so satisfying. And, you know, they'll always creep back in because you sign up for more stuff or like they'll change their algorithm of who sends the email. But I can't tell you how good it feels to like, it's like I'm beating the system or something. I love that. Yeah. Just putting a little extra effort up front. Yeah. And it takes me, yeah, Yeah. it takes me a little while. Like I usually do it over a couple of days. I'll go through all those annoying emails and set up a filter for each one. And little by little, lo and behold, I'm not getting any of those anymore. I just, I, I tend to be bad about protecting myself from those little dings like yeah um I tend to be like oh it's no big deal but I was getting these I got on some list like on a press release list and I was getting constantly like these celebrity like gossip (laughs) press releases Uh and I just kept deleting them and I just realized one day every time one popped up it was like this negative little like yes like a little ding against me and it it was never a big deal it wasn't anything that made me feel terrible but it was just this like nagging little I don't know, like being like mildly shocked. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like not terrible, but also not pleasant. And, and it's, one it's almost day like I f- someone's taking advantage of your attention. It's like, wait, yes. I did not want to think about that right and now. Yes. <laughs> Even if it's just a split second, it was yeah. still just kind of a thing. And one day I finally went through and unsubscribed to a bunch of stuff. And I didn't even realize how much better I felt about checking that email until yeah. I checked a different email account that I hadn't done that to that I don't check as often and saw all those emails <laughs> I got on the list, the same list for yeah. two different email addresses. So all those emails had like piled up in the other address and I saw it and was like, ugh, like it just, it was this visceral reaction yeah. that I realized how much that was just like, just a little negative, you know, yep. like a gnat, yep. you know, buzzing around. And so it really, yeah, sometimes taking, sometimes you have to make a decision. Is this the hill I'm going to die on? Is this something <laughs> I can invest time in today? Yeah. And you decide no, and that's okay too. But sometimes it is totally worth taking yeah. a few extra minutes to set up those boundaries. Yeah. So I'm glad that was your, that yeah. was your habit. Yeah. Does that mean it's my turn and it's the yes, last one? It's the last one. <gasps> All right. Well, I love that we decided to end with this one because I feel like 
I feel like the entirety of this show and before this show, our blog, um, The Happiest Home, and before that blog, like sort of my like mission as a mom for the last however many years since I figured it out Mm -hmm. was this. And that is happy moms are nice and compassionate toward other moms. Yes. I don't think you can really... um, I don't, I, I just don't think that that can be underestimated, overestimated. I'm sorry. It, it's so important. And the times of my life that I have been the least happy as a mom has been when I have been the most judgmental of other moms. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying that judging other moms made me unhappy. It could have been the other way around, mm-hmm. but it's like a vicious circle. So yeah. you start criticizing other people because it makes you feel better about yourself, except mm-hmm. it doesn't, it doesn't make you feel better about yourself. And right. then, you know, other people are criticizing you because you're in that mind frame of criticizing mm-hmm. and it just creates a really negative cycle to get into. And it's not helpful. It doesn't do anything positive for you. Um, I think I figured that out when I think that was like around the time when Isaac was a baby and it really hammered home when I had will and suddenly like, and was working and had a baby and like two kids in daycare. And suddenly all these things I thought that I was so good at, mm-hmm. I, you know, was just throughout the window cause I couldn't do them anymore. And I realized how kind of, passively judgy I'd been mm-hmm. to other moms at times and sometimes actively if I was with groups of moms who were like that and that mm-hmm. was something I had to like completely excise from my life I just couldn't have it and I think for me just giving moms the benefit of the doubt like anytime I see something that's really negative toward a mom like my my initial reaction is to take her side mm-hmm. and be like even if even if it's not something I spend a lot of time thinking about if it's just me scrolling and I see one of those like judgy Facebook posts mm-hmm. or something I immediately want to just be like you know, I wonder what her side of the story is. I don't have to think, yeah. uh, give it any more, you know, or maybe she was having a hard day or like, I don't have to really give it any more thought than that. It's just like wiring your brain to be more compassionate mm-hmm. or more kind mm-hmm. has made me so much happier because I'm not thinking about other people doing things wrong, Yeah, which makes me kinder to myself. Like that I'm not exactly. thinking about myself doing things wrong all the time. Exactly. Exactly. I, I'm glad you brought that up because I think we know and psychology tells us that a lot of the times the things we're most critical of or judgmental of are somehow tied into the way we feel about ourselves. So it makes sense that when you come from a place of compassion and sort of benefit of the doubt as your default, um, then you can extend that to yourself. And you can also you can also assume that other people are doing the same. And maybe they're not. Maybe there are people judging you or being critical of you. But if you come from that place, it's possible that others are coming from that place too, which just... Just overall, the more time you spend in that place, the more you'll think other people, like the more you'll think about it. Like the more time you spend thinking about what other people are doing wrong, the more you'll think they're doing that they, the more you'll think that they're thinking about what you're doing wrong. It's like, you can't help it. It just feeds. Haven't you been surprised so many times when you've pegged a mom a certain way, even if you're not being overly judgmental, you think you've got her figured out for whatever reason, whatever external circumstance, and then have been surprised to find out that she's not that way at all. So, I mean, it's a lesson we have to learn over and over and over again, but um, I would agree. Happy moms are nice to other moms, period. Yeah, period. Imagine if that were true <laughs> across. Imagine if we could convince everyone. <laughs> what kind nice of world <laughs> would we live in if that were the case? But I think it's so I think it's so um, illustrated by the, the reaction that people have to this show, how mm-hmm. good it makes people feel to listen to it. It's yeah. not like we're telling you just throw everything out the window. You don't have to try you know, everything's like every decision is just as good and valid as every other decision. That's not it at all. But we're coming at it from a place where we're on your side. Yeah. And we're not, you know, we know you're going to screw up because we screw up every single day. Like I screw up constantly. So 
just having that in mind and like coming from a place where like we're all in this together I just think it makes people feel better and feel happier and also it puts you in a better position to make changes in your life because Mm -hmm. it's so much easier to make changes when you're coming from a place of being supported Mm -hmm. and feeling like you're striving for better than when you feel like you're digging out of a hole and everybody hates you (laughs) so it's like I don't know it's it's a mindset shift that can be difficult especially if you tend to hang around really judgy people and I would recommend if you do then just find a way to not yeah ease out of that you don't have to like unfriend everybody at once but look for one or two people who come from that place of compassion instead of judgment and listen to podcasts like this and there are other ones like it instead of things that make you feel crappy and little by little you are creating that environment for yourself which trickles down to our kids because they are watching and the better you feel about yourself the more you can celebrate when other people are are having a great time and the yes. less you'll oh, feel like so it's true. in your face, you know, like so the less you'll feel sort of resentful about other people's successes. And that can be a really dangerous spiral to get into as well. Yes. And we've uh, talked about that a lot. So yeah. Ooh, that was a good one. A really good <sighs> one to end it on. Okay, you guys. So if you have not listened to episode 137, that was last week. Um, go ahead and you'll get five more great habits of Mostly Happy Moms there. And if you are a new listener, welcome. We really, hopefully, um, you know, listeners who really liked this episode have shared it. And I would love to welcome some some new mom listeners in the new year. Um, so welcome if you're here for the first time. Go back and Check what we've got in the archives. There's a lot there. Um, and we love hearing from you. So you can email us anytime. It's hello at themomhour.com. And then everything we talked about, including our sponsors, we will link to in the show notes, which are at themomhour.com. So, Megan, this was Very fun. Nice. We will talk next week. Go out and be a happy mom. <laughs> Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction. And Erica helps them build healthy habits in self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Sarah, I started a Substack last spring just kind of as an experiment, and it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life. Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack, and I actually just really like Substack in general. You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if Mom Hour listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com, and that's Megan with two A's, M-E-A-G-A-N francis.substack.com.